and we're live. Painkiller Nearly, episode 159. It's a lot of painkiller so, nearlies. So my sleep schedule has been really messed up lately, and uh, Chiz has been going right along with me with the fucked up sleep schedule. And every night we both attempt to do the same thing, where you roll it all the way over again, you know? You stay up until like 9, 10 p.m., and you go to bed, you wake up at 7 a.m., and you're like, holy shit, I'm an adult. And, and we're, we've been failing at it pretty, pretty hard. And, to, and last <laughs> night, I thought maybe I was going to get Just there. Just real quick, what are, what are your, your times been? Like, your, your bed oh, and... Oh, no, you got to say. You got to say. You can't have this story and not say. Well, it, it bounces around. I'm just trying to get... It. Okay, yeah, it, it bounces around. But, but here's, um, like, last night... All right, so let's just go b roll back to, like, yesterday. I woke up at... I didn't go to sleep. So I stayed up all night, and then it got to 2.30 p.m., and I was like, I can't. I can't. I'm not going to be able to roll it over. I'm not going to be able to roll it over. And so at 2.30 p.m., I went to sleep yesterday, woke up at 10.30 p.m. So, you know, set You got uh, a good solid eight, eight hours. Yeah, eight I hours. I see a problem. Yeah. <laughs> got my sleep in, right? And, uh, and so from 10.30, I'm staying up, and I'm staying up, and it gets to about 4 in the morning, uh, maybe 3.30 in the morning, and I start getting drowsy, and I'm like, oh, all right, I might be able to parlay this into a normal sleep schedule. If I, if I go to bed at 4 a.m. and I wake up at like 11 a.m., a little short on sleep, but shit, seven hours, right? Like, like, like that'll be fine. Then I'll stay up all you day. You just and woke I'm, up from an eight-hour slumber six hours prior. <laughs> but I felt like I could do it because I, I felt like I could do it. I was, I was really tired. I, I, I worked out at like midnight or something like that until I was just real sore and then took a hot shower and then... Just kind of, I got I got new blankets, new bedding. This is we're good, getting way off the rails here with this story. But but anyway, I thought I could do it. I go to bed at like three thirty, three in the morning, something like that, and I have this dream. And, and so I'm in like a national park, walking along a creek bed. And as I go, I'm finding like old tools and stuff. That's a commonality in a lot of my dreams. I'm like scavenging things like I'll find cool stuff like sometimes it's an abandoned house and I'm like oh look at all this stuff that's been left here and I'm like gathering it with me as I go so I have uh, all these tools these these drill bits that are really old and I had this long knife that that looks like it's made out of an old-timey file uh, mm -hmm. it's a it, it's it's about 18 inches long and rusty and with a with a wooden handle and I'm like oh yeah all this stuff is cool walking down the creek bed step on a fish hook and I can't get the fish hook out of my foot when I try to like pull it back out it's barbed and uh, and I'm and I'm so I'm limping now through the creek bed and up ahead I hear voices and I can see a boy he's about 13 years old little blonde haired boy down the bend of the creek and though I can't see it I I know because you know it's a dream that he's there with his father and they have their pickup truck right there and I'm like ah dad and his son fishing these guys can get a fish hook out I bet he's even do, got uh, the do you know you're dreaming at this point like is it lucid or no um not yet. Um, but I'll, I have an inkling about that, about mid-dream, because it gets so crazy. So I see the boy, and uh, I'm walking toward him, and, and, and I look down, just so you know, I look in the creek that's maybe six inches deep, and there are snakes in the creek, little baby snakes that are really scaring me, and I'm just trying to walk around them and stuff, and, and just then I look up, and the boy sees me, and I, I kind of wave at him, and his gaze moves from me up and to the right, because there's a hilltop to my left. And whatever he can see, I can't see it. And he's looking up there kind of bemused. And then the boy's head explodes. There's a man on that hilltop with a rifle. and He has shot this child and the head has exploded. And I am aghast. I am just, <gasps> but I don't scream because there's a murdering motherfucker up the hill, right? So I'm just like, oh my God. So I, I get on my hands and knees and start kind of crawling in the water. And now the water has gotten deep enough that like it's, 
waist deep, I would say. And I hear footsteps coming down the creek bed. The, the, the murdering crazy man is coming, following the tracks that I just made. And, and so, like, there are reeds and stuff in the creek. So I <gasps> take a deep breath and I go underwater. And it's a dream, so I can hold my breath forever. And there's, there's reeds all around me. And I can see through the water like it's a swimming pool. And here this guy comes walking straight towards me straight towards me and I can't move quickly to get out of his path so I'm just barely moving to like not make any ripples to get out of the path of this man and he passes within inches of me I can feel the wake as he walks right past me toward his this 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 dead child and I'm just terrified I've got my big crazy knife but I'm just he, the guy has a, a deer rifle and uh, and so I, I you know I let him pass and I walk sort of in the same direction he is because I have to go that way that's the way out but I make a left turn, and I, and I go in a different direction than he, than he was going, and, uh, and then I run up on a 16-year-old boy who I know is the, is the killer's accomplice. He's with him because he's crazy-eyed, wearing flannel shirts, 16 or 17, smaller than me. I could take him, but he's got a knife, too. He's got like a six-inch hunting knife, and he's just looking at me all crazy, and then he throws the knife at me, and I dodge the knife, and I just run. I just run away, start running from him, and he runs away. You could have had two knives, and yes. he could have had none. At this point, Fuck I that. like your odds. No, yeah. I'm not. We're, we're 40 yards from his dad. There's just brush and trees between me and his killer dad. And so he starts yelling for help. Paul, Paul, I got another one. They're cannibals. They're fucking woodsman cannibal hillbillies. This Paul, is another one. How, how I thought I had done cannibals? my dream analysis. I thought I had completed. Clearly, Kyle's a pedophile. And he wants to blow his load on some kid's face, right? You're working with me so far. Okay, and, ah. and the old man walking by and Kyle's fear of it is him not wanting to admit it. No. See? So it worked. Night. You didn't want to admit it. <laughs> Locked in. I don't want to get off track here. Okay. So I start, I start running. Wait, but Kyle, Kyle. Uh, how did you know they were cannibals? Or was it a dream thing where you're just like, <gasps> cannibals? And you started running. I, I just, you know, he's like, I'm going to eat you. <laughs> there, there was none of that. Like they didn't, they weren't like eating like a, a drumstick with fingers or anything. Like, like I, I just know, right. Mm -hmm. Like the same way I knew that the boy was with his father. I, I just knew, you know, because it's, it's a dream. Part of the dream. It's, dream it's part of the dream. They want me badly though. I, I, I'm tasty, right? I'm lean. I, I probably, probably tender. So he runs back to get his dad. I start running continuing on my path and I come upon three ATVs that are parked there. So I'm like, oh my God, there's fucking three of them. So I get on one of these four wheelers and I'm, it's got an electric start. And I start driving away in this thing. It's, but it, it won't go very fast, maybe 20, 25 miles per hour. And I'm making my escape and I hear their ATVs crank up. And the third one has now appeared. He's a fat guy, maybe it, not, somewhere in between the 16 year old and the, the dad in age. And, and they so the boy and the fat guy have doubled up on a four-wheeler and the dad's on a four-wheeler and they're chasing me and they have guns. And so I, I, I make, I'm trying to get away, but it's going so fucking slow and they're shooting at me occasionally, which is terrifying. And I, I realize I'm going down like a dead end, so I have to kind of make like a turn and go right back past them. And the guy takes another shot at me with this single-shot shotgun and I, I dodge it, you know. <laughs> as <laughs> the, you do. As you do. And uh, at that point, I'm terrified. And I remember in the dream, I close my eyes and I go, three two, one, wake up, wake up, wake up. And I open my eyes and they're, <laughs> they're just like still coming. So I'm, I have my eyes closed. So I wreck right into a fucking tree. Bam. I hit the tree and there's a grizzly bear feet away, like, like a dozen feet away. 
they crash into the tree right next to me, and the impact throws the fat guy off, and he kind of rolls a few feet down an embankment, slightly injured. The bear falls upon the fat guy and starts ripping him to shreds. The 16-year-old starts fighting me, even though we're like parked side by side on ATVs. So we're like, like we're sitting on ATVs fighting. And I take this knife and I stab him in the face at a really poor angle for him. It goes in the skin and then out the skin and then out his, in his nose and then out his nose. And he's just screaming. I pull it out and I stab him again in the ribs and again in the thigh and then again in the leg again. And he's fucked. So now the dad's now I'm trying to get this thing started as I've stabbed one of these guys all fucked up and the bear's mauling the other. And just as I get the thing start, it's clucking. And I look and the dad is right there, right in front of my ATV. And he's got the gun. And just as he's about to kill me, the ATV goes and I pop the clutch and I run him the fuck over. And then I woke up and I'm like, oh. I got to tell somebody about this. And, I, and sure enough, Chiz is online. I think what woke me up was Chiz's Skype like chirp because he had like written me something random. That, Jesus. That that, I think, uh, I mean, Woody's analysis definitely has merit, but I think that you might have a lot of stress in your life. <laughs> No, I have like, I have... and then and then the cannibals were coming, and then a bear showed up. But to be fair, the bear helped you, and so oh, the bear, bear might be hey. some kind of guardian. You know, maybe mm. you see that bear as 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 a father bear. You I, know, maybe that's maybe I that's dad. If I have a bear in my dream, I assume it's Taylor. Right? <laughs> Who else would it be? <laughs> I would have gone for the fat guy too if I were the bear in Kyle's dream. Makes sense. Mm. I uh, that's. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about dream analysis for the most part, other than most people say, like, ah, it's kind of bunk and ridiculous, but also it can reveal some things. But, yeah, that's I haven't had a, a nightmare like that in a long time. And I certainly don't – maybe it's because you wrote it down afterwards so you're able to regale yeah. us with it very in detail, but I don't think I've ever remembered that much about a dream more than three minutes after waking up. Because you know how it is when you wake up from a bad dream, like – I, it, it'll make it until I get in the shower, which is like two minutes after I get out of bed. Yeah. And then by the time I'm rinsing shampoo out of my hair, I'm like, what the hell was that about? Like, yeah. wait, what happened? I guess it was nothing, whatever. Why is so it, it was immediately after you woke up, it's burned into your brain, totally vivid and, and, and very important to you. And within like 15 minutes, eh, whatever. It, well, because your your brain is experiencing those things and, and it doesn't know they're fake. So you... It's it's traumatized when you wake up, just like that time you dreamt that Jackie cheated on you or something of that I've nature. You're that, like, yeah. you wake up and you're mad at Jackie. Mm -hmm. It's 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 Bitch. ridiculous. Yes. Your brain, uh, you, you could have, do that. <laughs> you have the same exact brain chemistry going on as a man who had experienced that for real. And, and part of this dream I know was influenced by it. Remember that thing I linked you to the other day, Woody, where the guy went out of the wilderness with his own tools. Uh, and like like built a cabin on his own. Oh yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the really tools cool. I were finding were his tools. That's right. Like like, yeah. The tools I were finding were because I found the drill bits mm -hmm. that you know he made the wood handle for. I had all of that stuff. I, I got rid of that once it was like do or die, and I just kept the knife. But like that was influencing that part. Um, and I had been watching like, I've been watching all kinds of stuff. I, I watched like three movies that night before I fell asleep. So I I, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Too I, much. And I, I also I, had like some Jim and Sam. Specific. Yeah, I had, I had a YouTube video playing like in the background as I was sleeping, but it was like Jim Norton and Sam Roberts like just making fun of uh, Lady Di. So it's like yeah, you know, I don't want Jim Norton playing as I'm sleeping because I'll just wake up meaner. Like yeah. I'll, I'll wake up and I'll too? see. 
Yeah. In a, in a very funny way. Like, it's just because he's the most quick-witted person on Earth. Like, in, in all s sincerity, in all seriousness, if there was a quick-wittedness contest, I would put Jim Norton... He's quicker than anyone else on Earth. There like, are people who are mean. Like, Howard Stern, I think, is mean. He, he, he has guests on, and he doesn't always have their, his guest's best interest in mind, right? And then, of course, he's very mean to his whole whack pack. Uh, Opie can be mean. I haven't really... I mean, Anthony can be mean. I haven't watched Opie very much. Jim Opie's Norton, not, though, when I see him, he's with Matt Sarah, and he's not being mean to anybody. Oh, well, that's a different he, kind of show. It is. Yeah, that's, that's a way different kind of show. He, he can be mean... But it's a different kind of mean because like when he's mean or even when Anthony is mean, most of the time it's really, really funny. And after you're done laughing, you're like, oh, man, that was fucking brutal and mean to that person. But like Opie's mean stuff. I, I remember all of that from the clips I've watched back in the day. And his just like was uncomfortable mean where it'd be like, oh, a guest brought in. Uh, a gift or a cake or poker chips or something mm -hmm. and inst and instead of like being mean the way Jim or Anthony might which is clever and funny and kind of underhanded in some ways he would just take their gift and smash it and then basically bully everybody else in the room into laughing like it was hysterical but he would literally like take poker chips and just throw them out the window of the building and the guest would be like or the person that came in is like oh I bought those for you I thought you would like the gift I got and it's yeah. like, haha! Well, I'm just Opie the Destroyer. And it's he like, had uh, they had that street perform. They had a street performer come in, and she's just a wreck. She's Candy uh, Kane. Like the Candy Kane. Candy Kane comes in, and her thing that kind of makes her what somewhat famous. She's kind of analogous to like the underwear wearing cowboy who plays the guitar, but she's okay. the disgusting female version of that. She'll like strip naked and play the guitar, and for a homeless street performer, their guitar is like their. It's all they have yes, in life. I understand. Opie smashes this guitar right in front of her as she watches in horror. Right? Like, like that's the kind of shit Opie does. Opie is a piece of shit, and he's not funny. Um, yeah. Everybody else on that show, Anthony, uh, you know, it's not a show anymore for good reason. Jim and Anthony and, uh, and all those other guys are fucking hilarious. It's cruel. It's mean. It's mean-spirited. It digs deep at, into the person's soul like... Like a like a hot knife, but it's yeah. funny. It's hmm. funny and it's witty and it's so quick. And Anthony's quick, but Jim Anthony's is the very quick. Jim's the quickest yeah. I've ever seen. Um, because you know, you, there's a formula for like putting a joke together. They say they say A and then you add B and it equals C. And he he adds B so fast that that his brain must be running like a fucking like a machine with gears just whirling a thousand miles an hour. For him to get B there and hit him with C so fast. Like, it's, it's, uh, the, it's the one that sticks out to me the most for just how quick he is, is uh, it's, an, it's a compilation of bits on YouTube. It's called Boardroom Jimmy, where he pretends to be like a stock advisor or like an S&P 500 expert and all this stuff. And it, he just goes and goes and goes and responds to questions. And it's hilarious because he, he knows nothing, literally nothing about finance how it works but he'll just he keeps going he knows enough words where he's like if you if you can't dividend your in, in portfolio by that then i suggest you suck a dick and like just <laughs> just mean things like that like like i know i don't use the dow only the blacks deal with the dow i use nasdaq or just just things that don't really fully make sense but it's like he's just using bits and pieces and throwing it together it's it's so so clever i can't even impersonate it because i don't even know the bare minimum enough about finance to know the words yeah you know? But the cruelty of the show is just, I can only watch, uh, like, like I, I stay up with Chiz and, and he, he'll link me something and we'll, we'll like sync up and watch these things. 
And like an hour into one of these things, because there'll be three-hour videos sometimes, I'll be like, all right, that's I'm tapping out. I'm tapping out. I feel like if I keep watching, I'm gonna like feel bad. Like I'm it, there's gonna be like a heavy feeling in my heart where I feel kind of not sick, but getting there. Yeah, <laughs> getting I'm there. Good. Like wow. I feel like my soul is being torn just a little bit. When they, they I, I was listening last night, and they got this guy named Bobo who's not all there. And nope. uh, Bobo had I don't remember the condition with his penis, but the urethra uh, like came out the bottom or something like that. He, his urethra wasn't right. So he's had 48 surgeries Ooh. on his penis over the years. And so his penis is all jacked up, right? Oh, yeah. And, and, and so, like, he'll be explaining it in his, like, fucked up in the head way. And he's like, yes, I've had many surgeries on my penis. And, and, and Jim, of course, I've knows had many exactly. surgeries on my penis. <laughs> they, know exactly, they know exactly how many surgeries he's had because he's told the story 20 times on the show. But, but they'll be like, really? Really? You've, I, I don't know anything about this. How many? He's like, 48! <laughs> oh, my God. The, the meanest... He's like, he's like, show us. Show us your cock. I'm not gonna... I'm just gonna... I'm, not, I'm just gonna be blunt about this. Get it out. And so he disrobes, and uh, he, they're like, God, it's like a thicket down there. Why don't... There's no... I can't even... I can barely see it. How hard... How big is it when it's hard? Four and a half inches. And, 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 and like... Uh. And so they'll start talking dirty to them. He's like, just, just imagine, like... <laughs> no. Just imagine Christina's, and, and he doesn't know, he doesn't get it. He's like, imagine Christina's getting out of the shower, right, and her titties are all wet, and you just, you just lift one and feel the weight of it, and you, you put her areola in her nipple in your mouth. You know. What do, what do you want to do to those titties, Bobo? I, uh, I would have, I would have sucked them and hold her titties. It's like I bet you and, do, Bobo. Like, and, then, <laughs> and then you hear him go, Oh, what the fuck? As he's like getting a hard on. And so, like, then they take a picture of, of, like, a girl, and they, like, or maybe one of the guys, and they put punch a hole in it and stick it over his dick. So he's wearing, a, like, a guy's face on his hard-on. And then as time goes on and they start making fun of him, they're like, oh, that face is starting to fall off. And then, the, then there's, like, chicks calling in. They'll talk dirty to him to fuck. Hey, Bobo, what are you going to oh. do to my pussy? And he's, oh, I'm going to fuck it hard. Yeah, you're going to slam it with that three and a half inches. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, my God, it's up again. And they're just like, they're, they're just getting. Have you, the have you seen watching. the one where it, it, mean? the, the meanest one they do is when it's from years ago when Patrice O'Neill was still alive with Bobo and uh, Jim Norton was in there. And like like Kyle was saying, you know, they just got him naked and he just stood there. And as you talk about sex at all, he gets hard. And, then, and so basically what Jimmy would do is be like, so that girl, Christine, you're talking to her online. I I, I heard she tweeted at me. She's really into you. Like, yeah. really into you. Like, you, you must have been saying something to her. He's like, well, yes, I, I tweeted her pretty often. And it's like, oh, yeah, I can tell, Bobo. You, you, think, he, you think she has big tits? Have you seen a picture of her yet? Like, no, I haven't yet. But I, I, I think she has big tits, yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's awesome, Bobo. What would you do to him? And he keeps going like that, and then he transitions it to, like, because Bobo's the biggest Mets fan ever, because they're in New York, you know, and just out of nowhere, after talking about tits for two minutes, to where he's just hard and pre-coming on the floor, I'll be like, yeah. Bobo, what's going on with center field this year? I mean, are, are, do we have any chance of making the playoffs, or is it over? Well, the thing, the, 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 the thing to remember about the center field is it's not the position that we need. Is and like, and they will just be laughing, you know, <laughs> Patrice, his loud ass laugh as his dick goes down, and then like after like three Mets questions, I'll be like, you, you ever think you'll take Christine to a Mets game? What do you think she'd do for you if you if you got her great tickets right behind the dugout at a at a Mets game? Oh, I think I think she'd let me do plenty of things like what and it's just right away it just starts <laughs> to get hard again. And the funny part is that he has like he just starts he will just ejaculate and get cum on the floor. 
Yeah, and he's so they, he just talks him and, and, up until he's pre-coming, and then talks about the Mets, and then talks again. <laughs> he's edging yeah. verbally. Yes, he is. <laughs> Absolutely. Last night I was listening, and they had him it's bend over so and they have him spread his ass. So they're, they're sh he's showing them his asshole. And they're like, he has two assholes. Like it's been ripped or something. And and, and so they get they get another guy in there to, to get as close to the ass as he dares. And he's like, Iraq is 18 inches from the ass crack right now. And he's all mic'd up. He's like, what do you see? He's like, oh, there's, it smells like spicy mustard. And, <laughs> and there's bits of toilet paper everywhere. And like, like, yeah, he doesn't clean that ass very well, does he? He's like, and, and and there's hemorrhoids. Oh, there's hemorrhoids uh, in there. And they're different colors. And Jim's like, oh, his whole ass cracks a different color. It, it's like you have an Asian pussy. What the <laughs> fuck? It's, it's, and, and, you know, that's just what they do to that it's one. It's too much. It's too much. I, it, that, yeah, yeah. I was going to defend it, but it's like, yeah. But, yeah. but, I mean, I watched three hours of it, so is it too much? <laughs> It's just, I've heard enough. The only reason I'm it's... not asking for a topic change is I think the subs might have not heard enough. I don't know. <laughs> but to me, I'm just like, it, it, it's almost boringly mean in my head. I'm like, I get it. I get it. This is like extreme meanest thing you can possibly think of yeah. coming. It is, it's it's soul-killing. A constant like, stream of awfulness. I, it, it, you know, look, I like sugar, but it can't be my only thing. Of course, right now, it's not really my thing yeah. at all. But, you know, like, I just... I don't know. It's too dull. The better thing about ONA, like the, because I liked the meanness of the show, but the funniest meanness on it is when there'd be a round table of comedians in there, and it would be Anthony and Jimmy and you know Colin Quinn or an Ant or whoever else in there, and they're all making fun of each other viciously or Patrice when he was alive. Like that's really funny, and it's a bunch of clever people, and so it's always building to something until someone fucks up and tells a joke that's not funny, and then everybody rips on them, <laughs> and then it builds up yeah, again. And it's like I a can get fun more important. With, and it's not just that everyone's clever and armed it's that everyone is okay right like like picture someone who doesn't need any help i don't know mark cuban right you know I, you probably don't like him politically but but regardless of what you think of him he's fine right like you know he's a multi-billionaire he's living the life that he wants to live yeah, if you pick fun. on mark cuban it's a lot different than picking on bobo mark cuban's not defenseless at the very like worst he just decides to leave and probably fuck one of Leonardo DiCaprio's exes and get on a jet and do whatever. Like, you know, but Bobo, on the other hand, is helpless and they're picking on a disabled person. And I've always wondered how much of Bobo is an act and how mm. much is real because he will contribute things that like out of nowhere, you'll be like, hold on, hold on. <laughs> This is not the retarded gentleman that I've come to know <laughs> through these like through these videos over the years. Like and so I, I, yeah, I do think it's overplayed a good bit, but he's definitely not all there. And who I mean, nobody knows about the, the penis stories, how real that is, because I don't have penis footage of this guy. In oh, the, I think in it's the out office. there. Uh, I've uh, never checked. It doesn't sound like a fun thing to watch. I'm going to keep that yeah. audio. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen it either. I don't care to. The way they describe it, I think the, the mental picture that they've built up in my mind can, can't be topped by anything. It, it's disgusting. Yeah. The, but yeah, you, you nailed it with High Pitched Eric on the Stern show. I think he's a complete fraud. And the fact that Stern like still goes with it year after year makes me think less of Stern and what his show is. Like it, it, mm. The show's completely... I don't listen anymore because the show's so different than it used to be. Uh, it's, because it's, of the producer. It, 
Because the producer, yeah, that Marcy chick, uh, it, it's just so politically correct, and he's dropped so many of his old bits, and like, like he used to make fun of everybody. You know, it's not that I'm a racist and I want to hear somebody crack on black people, but he used to do a black guy voice. He used to do an Asian guy voice. He used to do a voice for anyone and everyone. You know, they made fun of every single group, Christians and Jews and Muslims, like, like across the board. And now, all of a sudden, it's this, it's. He's a masterful interviewer, but that's not what I'm looking for. I go to Graham Norton if I just want to see some celebrities sit on a couch. Well, Trump's masterful interviewing got celebs to say things they didn't want to say. That's what I always thought was cool. You know, he would have like, I don't know, like a, a hot actress of the day, right? Mrs. It Girl, the, the, the whatever, 1995 equivalent of Jennifer Lawrence. And he'd get her talking about her sex life or something or admitting something about ex-boyfriends that I found salacious and interesting. And, and that, to me, was where his interviewing shined. Heck, he had Britney Spears on when she was young. And uh, he was, like, walking her through all her contract mistakes. And I found that interesting, you know? Like, it, he's going through it. He's like, yeah, you got this, you got this. You know, and she's like, oh, yeah, I got that. Yeah, I, I did that, too. I'm on top of this. Do you have guaranteed accounting? Wait, what? You know? <laughs> and it was great. He's like, oh, really? You don't have guaranteed accounting. So you just have to trust their numbers on, on, on what they tell you the profits are. And, on, and your cut can just be anything they say because the accounting's not guaranteed. And she's like, oh. And I'm like, oh, that was really interesting. Like Stern, you know, being sort of older and more experienced in show business, was walking Britney Spears through her, her mistakes. And, that would be and a Jewish fellow. Um, I, I, so, so, <laughs> I like, he knows. He knows. Like, like he could probably write her contract up for her. I saw the other day a thing. I, I saw Stern get get offended and be a little bitch. It's it's an old clip, but Jamie Lee Presley's on there, uh, incredibly hot blonde. In case you don't know, but mm -hmm. but um, you know, Stern does this thing where he kind of hits on them and he's like, well, "What do you think of me? You know, would you would you date someone like me?" And and of, and, and a lot of chicks will be like, "Oh yeah, Howard, you're so hot. I love your hair." And uh -huh. oh, let me see those eyes. And he'll yeah. raise those eyes. It shows That's beady exactly little rat eyes. He doesn't have good hair. Yeah. He'll yeah. show those beady little rat eyes. And be like, oh, that makes me melt. My uh -huh. pussy just got so wet. I like and it's almost bod. like when the girls talk to, yeah, he's got a nice body. He's got abs. Like, like he, he, he doesn't always. eat. Always. It doesn't mean he has a nice body. He looks like a Slenderman. Yeah, he can't help it. Like, that's just his, his that's just what he is. Um, in any case, she, she says, uh, you look like you got hit slapped in the face with a swat, with a uh, with a yamaka, and he's like, he's like, whoa, whoa, what do you mean by that?" And he gets into this whole like thing, like calling her an anti-Semite, and like by the end of it, when she's walking out, she's like, "Apparently, I said something about yamakas, and Howard got offended. I'm so sorry. I'm so." She's like apologizing to the camera because she's like, because like he went after her for like the next five or ten minutes of the interview because she said he looked like he got hit in the face with a yamaka, which you know he's only half Jewish, but he's got a He's got a look about him that is just unattractive, and it has nothing to be. It's not that he's Jewish. You mean that white guy Fro doesn't come off as a little Jewish looking? It it, it does. He's only half Jewish, but is but he, he's. I, uh, he used to be have. You know what it was? So he there was a time when he was the king of all media and stuff, and he did the movie and he had his book, and of course his radio show is going crazy. Um, he was working super hard to look like he did on that book cover. He's like, I don't look like... He'd pull his shirt up and everyone in the studio would laugh. And he's like, I'm eating right. I'm working out constantly. I'm going to look like that guy again. And maybe he did. Maybe he achieved it. But uh, that, that's the stern I have in my head. Yeah, I haven't listened lately. But um, you know, for years of shows, you know, not years of me listening, but I listen to so much of it that mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going through the catalog. 
he's like on he's like yeah I, I i got so hungry but i just went to bed starving and i woke up and i had my like whatever like like this bullshit breakfast and then his meals would be like steamed fish and broccoli like he's eating like steamed fish yeah oh like, that's so like, flavorless and, and he, he's got, got he's got the personal <laughs> trainer and a personal stylist and like like ralph ralph is his stylist like like that's that's how hard he's trying it, it's it's and that's one of the things that's so endearing. He's like, I, I got a little penis. I'm hideous. All I've got is this voice in this brain and and these and this billion dollars. And I'm just trying to use that and this to like billion fix, dollars to fix the rest of this up. And it's just really not built that up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's old that's though, funny. right? How old is he now? Sixty something, uh, mid sixties, late sixties. Yeah, I mean it. If he's, I'll, I'll make it. You said late sixty, mid sixties. Let's call him sixty-seven. 63. Okay, sixty-three. He's going to be invisible to like most menstruating women. You know, like 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 anyone forty or under, or whatever it is, uh, forty-five. I don't know, but uh, well, he's married. He's got that hot wife. Okay, but yeah, it just that's part of what makes this show shit as well. He married this uh, model slash tv host this beth uh i can't her last name's long and nordic mm -hmm. so whatever but um she's like into cats so now there's this whole thing like he's he's all about cats and rescuing cats and his his like and he talks about it constantly like his yeah. his multi-million dollar new york apartment is full of cats and cat shit and and he's always selling calendars uh to raise money for cat shelters and their his apartment's full of cat shit there's a litter box, but yeah, it has to be by definition because it's full of cats. Like yeah. he's got feral cats in his. How apartment. many cats does he have? At, at one time, eight to ten. That's disgusting. Mm. I like. like I think disgusting. I might want an outdoor cat. I could see that. Sure. Cats don't love you. Cats don't love you. They want nothing to do with you. They just take advantage of your good naturedness as a human to take care of them. We like I don't. I can't dogs. imagine. <laughs> I cannot imagine bringing a cat home and wanting to take care of it. Like, they're just not the animal for me. Like I've my met, dad. I've met one cat in my entire life that actually acted like a like a dog a bit, and I've met six thousand girls who say that their cat is just like a dog, and so the numbers aren't adding up. On top of that, I've met six thousand dogs that act like dogs. So play yeah. the odds. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Dogs are awesome. My dad added two more dogs to his pack. Wow. Um, for his uh his main. His main squeeze, Rambo, of course, uh, was crushed and died maybe uh, eight months ago or something like that by another dog. A dog bit the dog, and, and you know, little rat terrier, big dog mm -hmm. chomps it. It's just done so. So, cried about that. Very sad day. This 15 year old little dog that had been his partner for so long. It's a good this, life, though. 15. Yeah, it was the, he got it um, right. It was the day I graduated high school, was the day that his last dog died. And so then he quickly replaced it. And so, like, that was 2004. So, like, this dog was two when he got it. I think the dog was 15 or 16 years old or something. Very old dog. And so it was all shaky and shit. But, you know, it's his main little buddy. Anyway, that dog died. So we replaced it recently with a female um, um, miniature pincher. Um, and, and uh, you know, it's a cool little dog or whatever. But the other day, he's driving down the road. And uh, one of the neighbors near him is a retarded black man who, who lives by himself in this house. And... And we see him out there standing in the yard sometimes, just kind of staring at the sun or whatever. And, you know, you give him a wave and he gives <laughs> he waves back. And uh, and so dad drives past there and he noticed that this man's pit bull is chained up on a five foot long chain with no water. 
So Dad's like, ah. He, he pulls in, goes and takes the bowl, goes to the hose and gets some water, puts it there for the dog and leaves. He comes back the next day to check on the dog again because he wants to do something about the chain. And the guy's brother is there who sort of attends him and checks on him from time to time, makes sure, get some groceries and stuff. And so he starts talking to the brother about this. And uh, he's like, yeah, well, I'm going to bring the dog a, a, a lead, so he, a runner, uh, so he can run from this tree. My dad's telling him this, so that you know, he'll be able to run from this tree to that tree. Do you mind if I put all that up for him? And, and then he's like, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. I kind of feel bad for the dog, too. We got another one over there. It's a purebred pit bull. And dad's like, where? He's like, over there in that box. And there's a box over there by the house. And dad's like, over here? It's like, yeah, yeah. Dad walks over to this small box like you would put. I don't know, a, a refrigerator in or something. And he looks down into the box and there's a border collie in this box with blue eyes, beautiful dog. And he's like, this box right here? Yeah, yeah, purebred pit bull. I'm a breeder. She's, a, she, she's about to come into heat. <laughs> this dog right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one. Dad's like, at this point, he's like, this is awful. This is awful. This fucker's in this box. He's like, would you sell it? And the guy's like, oh, no, 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 not for sale. Yeah, it's a purebred pit bull. That's a, that's, a, that's a fancy dog right there. Dad's like, $20? All right. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> so dad, dad, dad digs, this is great. Dad digs, dad digs deep. <laughs> <laughs> Rolls out a, a, a 20, and uh, so now he's got a border collie. And it's beautiful. Wait, it's did one he get of those, the other you know, dog, too? Or? Well, he, we're not going to have a pit bull. Because I thought you said he shoes. added two to the... Well, he had the, he's got the miniature pincher oh, that he okay, just had okay. purchased that's his, like... You know, that dog stays in the bed with him. That dog goes to breakfast with him. It's, like, with him. It's his partner. Um, and the Border Collie, I guess, is just going to be part of the pack now. It's part so of his everyday dog. carry. <laughs> I get it. He's got a Leatherman. He's got a wallet. And this dog. That, yeah, <laughs> a purebred pit bull. <laughs> and, and so he took I mean, the dog to be fair, of, though, pit bulls and, and Border Collies, you know... The twins of the dog world. Yeah. <laughs> when you think about it, they look so similar from muzzle shape to hair. Like, just, yeah. I can't name one thing that's similar between those two breeds of dogs. Completely dissimilar. Four just, feet. Just, no. so, <laughs> Not even so close. He, he took the dog and got his shot. Got his shots and stuff. Uh, the other day, he he found a cat in the road, all fucked up, this kitten, and it's like eyes are matted shut. So he gets the dog and he, uh, the cat, and he's, he's he had medicated eye drops that were for a dog, but I mean antibiotic eye drops probably work on a cat. So he gives it the eye drops and it. After a day, like the eyes open up and the cat's all happy and everything. And he's like, but I can't have a cat. I literally have a pack of dogs at my place mm. that like, you know, they, they see a rat. They just they destroy it. They see they see anything. They destroy it. I can't have this. So he, he's looking for someone to take this cat. And so he there's a veterinarian near us who's a real cunt. Like we've taken bleeding, injured dogs to this person multiple times. And they'll be like, eh, can't really get to it right now. And, and you're just like, blood's dripping. And, like, one time we took a dog up there that had a severe foot injury, and uh, they waited, like, three days to amputate the dog's paw and left it in a cast, and there were maggots in it. So we don't like this bed at all. Mm. Real fuckers. So Dad you, goes... like, not call the Better Business Bureau about vets who just let dogs sit around with maggots in their wounds? Fortunately, dogs don't have that many, many advocates in the world, I guess, legally <laughs> just speaking. Just your dad. Darren McLaughlin... Dad. Your dad. Yeah. The list goes on, I'm sure. Awesome. I can see, like, and the dad comes in with a guitar like, in the background. So he walks in there with this cat, and he goes, hey, uh, I was just passing by. One of your cats got loose. <laughs> and they're like, what do you mean? He's like, I don't know. 
just running around out there on your front doorstep. You guys got to keep, keep better track of your animals. Here you go. And he just turns around and walks out. And so, like, the vet, like, follows him out. Sir! Sir! Someone has to take financial responsibility for this cat. He's like, well, it's your cat. I guess that's you. <laughs> just drives the fuck away. They killed the cat. They killed the cat. Uh, but it had a couple of good days of seeing. And one good joke. <laughs> and, it and it didn't get ripped apart. Uh, last time we had we had a cat that we called White Cat, very inventive because it was you know white, and uh, and she like lived at our place. She was our outside cat. We did not we we poured a little food occasionally and everything, but that never even touched this thing because it was a bit feral. And she had kittens on our porch, and it was like, oh my god, what are we gonna do with like half a dozen kittens here? Like because you can't take them to the shelter because they kill cats. It's a they just do. If the cat's there for a week or something, they're like ah, and you're dead. So I, I had to drive all the way to like Greenville, South Carolina, and find a no-kill pet shelter and go in there and give them these cats. And it was really cool. They, it was like I would like, definitely not Google no-kill shelter. I would Google closest shelter and right? just feel good about myself and be back. like, and if if they kill it, I didn't. You know, like <laughs> we have a dog just, problem. At I was the just house. following orders. It's just bad as those guys who drove on this. this. So <laughs> our neighbor uh, bought a dog. Uh, this is a neighbor, like, we can see him from our house. And uh, I don't know what it is. I I'm going to call it a German Shepherd, but it seems too small, so call it a Shepherd mix of some sort. Weighs, like, 45, 50 pounds. And it's aggressive. It's like I've landed my paramotor, and the thing comes charging at me. And I, I didn't know it was aggressive at the time. I thought he was being playful. And he starts barking at me and everything, and the, the homeowner is, like, chasing afterwards, just apologies flying out from everywhere. And that was the first time. And mind you, like, I didn't do anything that would, like, get the dog's attention. It just sees a victim on the horizon and starts chasing it down. I was taking my trash out and minding my own business, whatever. I just put the trash out on the street. And the dog comes zipping at me from, like, 300 yards away. Just ruff, 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 ruff. And, uh, and I'm a dog lover, right? So I'm, like, giving him the, like, the, the fist, like, smell my hand. We could be friends. Yeah. And uh, he just aggressively snapping at me. And the, uh, um, the lady comes, you know, apologizing and brings the dog back. And I'm like, oh, it's no problem because I'm way too big a pushover. Um, yeah. <laughs> my wife was in the car. Like, I, I think she, oh, I know what she was. She was in her car and the trash cans were at the curb. And she just sort of got out to see if they were empty so we could retrieve them. And uh, in that time, the dog saw the car and started like chasing. She goes back into the car to retreat and drives in. And occasionally this dog is on our yard, like sort of like you could be on the edge of the yard and it's yours big enough. It almost becomes community property like the edges. But yeah. um, you go into it a bunch and now you're like, what, you know, what are you doing? Why are you in here? Yeah. And uh, she's like, that dog is going to get into a fight with our dogs. And for a while she had this big like fear about it. Like these dogs are going to get into a fight. And uh, now she's just like, you know what? Bring it. Bring it. <laughs> oh, we have three dogs. They're constantly wrestling with each other, like going for the throat, whatever. Two of them will work as a team to take out the third one. They, they have like coordinated moves. And, and it, it, she's just like, I worried about this for too long. They're not controlling their dog. This is what we train for. And yep, that's where we are now with it. Appropriate? I was going to say. Uh, now it was, it's only a matter like, of time. If until you want to. My dad's dogs like would always chase him down the driveway, and it became a problem because then they're in the road and they can get hit. And mm -hmm. he kept a paintball gun in the car, and as they're chasing, he 
He'd fucking <laughs> shoot one in the ass with a paintball gun. And he's like, yes, fucking stay. I meant it. And like they learned from him, like shoot him in the butt with a paintball gun. I'm not sure if that might uh, that might be what you want to use against a, this I dog. I think that's a good idea. Or yeah, airsoft because there's yeah. no evidence. Get one of those uh, paintball <laughs> guns that like uh, Kyle let us use on that trip. So you just shoot a rope of paint. Make it remember that lesson. And then it, the, all the other dogs will be like, you know why fucking, you know, little Joe is purple? Because he disobeyed. <laughs> covered in welts and paint. <laughs> oh. I don't know. Do we have legal issues? If it's on our property, I have to assume that everything is fine. If a dog yeah. ran onto your property and started fighting your dogs, like what would the legal thing even be? Like it would, wouldn't it just be dogs started fighting and then you try and break it up? Uh, you can do whatever you want to do, you know, and, and, and you know, it's, it's a dog. So like it look, I love dogs more than anyone, but like I've, I've had to kill dogs like dogs come over and they're going to kill a calf like they've, they've done before. They, they'll chase a calf like a newborn calf until till exhaustion. And then they're not wolves or coyotes, so they don't like really know what to do, but they'll just fuck with it until it has it dies from exhaustion or heat stroke. Mm. You know, it's a hot summer day and this calf has run five miles. And and now it's you just drenched in sweat and just collapsed out of exhaust mm -hmm. and it dies. And so those dogs die. And Mama know? Cow has long since decided, fuck that, and just <laughs> ran back to the herd <laughs> for I, the most part. They'll 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 fight to defend their calf. They 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 actually will. It's it, like the more I watch Reddit videos of people petting calves cows and stuff, the more it's I mean, beef is delicious, but but it gets you, you harder. Feel, it it gets harder. Not hard. It's not even a little hard for me. Like I, I saw cows on my grandparents' farm. Every time I went down there growing up, like I, I, he put me on top of one every once in a while, obviously mm -hmm. like holding on to the back of me to make sure that it didn't like spook out and, and throw me off or something. Mm -hmm. But it put me up there and I'd go over and I'd pet the cows and I'd look at where they were eating and everything. And it, you know, I, as even growing up, I was like, oh yeah, all these become the food that I like to eat. But, but that's just what humans do. We're omnivores. We eat meat and we eat, you know, vegetables and plants and shit. Meat's better. So obviously we need lots of animals. And that's just, I don't know, it's kind of part of life. I don't really, I, I don't get sad when I see animals that are only existing in the first place because we decided they needed to for us to eat. Would there like, be as much me? of a disconnect, do you think, if you had to slaughter your own cow? Like, if getting that steak meant leading the cow into the barn and, and like, shooting it and, and then hoisting it up by its back feet and draining it and everything, like, do you think there'd be... Yeah, I would look at that the same as, like, I do hunting like when i shoot a deer if i know or i shoot a dove or whatever and i'm like oh i'm gonna you know eat that it's like okay that that makes sense that's reasonable that's what people do you kill an animal and then you eat it but if i just kill the cow for fun then yeah i wouldn't be cool with that it's just the same way yeah, i of course don't not. like yeah. trophy uh, hunting I'm unless the trophy hunting is like giving a bunch of money to a village or getting rid of an awful old elephant or whatever i'm a beef eater in the same way that i'm pro-choice i mean i do it but i don't like it mm. I mean, that's a pretty I like that. Okay, good. I, that's okay. Yeah, I, I'm with that's that. Pretty good. <laughs> there are, you know, there are harsh realities to life, I suppose. You know, you don't have to agree and love every aspect of life. No one likes shitting. Like, if you, if you, well, I guess some people do. But, like, if you could if you could push a button and, like, you don't shit anymore like Kim Jong-un did, you would. You just, yeah, ah, no, I, no, I don't buy toilet paper. What's the point? Yeah, <laughs> don't have press a, that button. My body me. runs at 100% efficiency. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. I, I. I haven't hunted in so long. I, I, I don't think I want to. And, and it, maybe archery. Like, like, like it's, it's, there's something about the sporting aspect of it 
that changes things in my mind. Like as I'm doing that equation, shooting him on, with an arrow is more cruel than just shooting him with a gun. In it my because that like bow hunting in my head, like I still don't have a problem with it as long as the animal you kill, you eat it, and you're not just you know making a rug and throwing out all the meat. But when you take an uh, when you go bow hunting instead of gun hunting, it's kind of like saying the comfort and efficiency of the death of this animal that I'm going to use isn't quite as important as my ability to say, ah, I'm a woodsman. I, I sit up here in this $2,000 stand with my totally, 200. just like the olden days, bow. I'm, I'm being hyperbolic, obviously. I tried obviously. to make this point and then on I the Barnacles episode, and era. you disagreed with it. I, I was like, hey, this guy is spear hunting a bear, right? And now he, he nailed it. But there was a real good chance he hits him in the back of his leg or something and just wounds him. And, like, spear hunting a bear... And you were like, hey, if I'm a bear, I'd much rather be spear hunted than shot. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. It's I'd rather about, be to me, it's about the sporting. Spear hunted. But like the uh, the thing with, I remember the bear clip. And I, I am, I totally get what you mean. Like from a realistic perspective, it is a little more cruel, if it's, that's an you're okay word. A risk with that guy, with somebody else's, with some bears. Uh, the, slow but uh, you're giving, you're giving the, the bear more of a sporting chance. The fact he was on the ground. Chance. That's the thing. The fact he was on the ground and not like throwing from a tree. Hmm. Like that made it seem a little more fair because like the bear could have turned around and gotten him, which and if the bear had turned around and gotten him and he missed with the spear, it, it his obituary should have read, here lies Ted. He got what he was asking for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen, I thought there was I thought that there was a real chance that the bear wasn't that aggressive. He wasn't going for the guy. He might see him run. The guy throws maybe at a bear on the run or something and just really hurts it because that was a totally could have happened. spear. Yeah. Happened, yeah. The um the thing to me is about the sporting chance, mm. less about the pain, um because I don't know I don't know how animals feel pain. You know I know I feel pain, but I don't I don't know what I don't know if what's going through their head. I imagine kind of they pain. don't like it. I'm just basically yeah, they're on not, the screams and cries. Yeah, they're they're probably <laughs> yeah. not big fans. Ah, that's they're just like machines though. They just they're just programmed to do that. Huh. It's interesting for help. what animals are. To, I think it might probably the truth is somewhere in the middle. But to me, animals are people with different shapes. To you guys, animals are hulking superhumans with no brains whatsoever. And, no, uh, not necessarily. Some of them have very large brains, like monkeys. Ah. <laughs> <There you> <laughs> and dolphins. But no, like the whole thing comes down to like, yeah, the spear, the bow, like you could make the case that like, you know, that's kind of indulging your own desire to feel like a woodsman at the expense of the pain of the animal when you mm. could more efficiently kill it with a rifle. But at the end of the day, if you're eating it, if you're using that animal, I don't have a problem with it. Like, it, it just don't be a dick and shoot it and leave it in the woods. Probably, or the just kill things for fun. Doesn't care. No, it doesn't. But it's like a, it's almost just an ethical thing of yeah. like, like if if I kill a beautiful elk in Alaska and I go, all right, let's hit up Steak and Shake, and then I just get in the car and fucking leave after cutting its head off. Like that's that's a little fucked. Or maybe it's not. If a bunch of wolves come and eat it, no, so like because then they're not going to be the best wolves they can be. The sporting chance thing is huge <laughs> for me with hunting. Like it should, and there's plenty, there's tons of rules in like the hunting manuals that are all about giving the animal sporting chance. Uh, I think that the on one end of the spectrum you have something like a trap, like a like a like a like a trap there that's not only cruel but like how the fuck are they going to avoid a trap? It's not like they're in Vietnam looking for trip wires. They don't know any better. Mm. Like they, they they had no chance against that trap if you put it in their trail or whatever. And then the bow is like. On the opposite end of that, or, or maybe the spear is, or maybe just going in there and like put your dukes up, dear, you know, style. something like that. 
but the most realistic <laughs> thing is, you know, a bow. Like, like that's pretty fucking ancient uh, tech, you know. So I feel like they have a very sporting chance. Yeah, you're gonna miss them all the time. They're gonna, they have to get so close that they might smell or see you sometimes. But the rifle, once you're proficient with a rifle, really proficient with one, it's, it, it feels exactly like leading that cow into the barn and saying, "Okay, old friend, it's time." You know, it it feels so similar to that that it's it it feels a little dirty. It's more like pushing a button to just kill it. Where like like I'm sure Kyle, because you're an excellent marksman, when you're aiming at a deer with your rifle, you're not thinking, "Man, I hope I hit it." You're thinking, "Where am I gonna hit it?" And then you decide where you're gonna hit it, and you hit it there. Like yeah. whereas with a bow, you might be like, "Oh fuck!" Like, "Damn it, it's too far away." I gotta hope for it to come a little closer. Oh, or, for sure. Because there's no magnification. You're looking through a peephole on your string and at a you know a little point on your on your optic. And my bow always had. 15 yards, 20 yards, 30 yards. And like, I almost never even thought to put a 40. There was a 40 yard pin, but it's like, oh my God, I hope I never have to use the 40 yard pin because 40 is pretty extreme. Um, if you're shooting on the, when you're up in the air, it, it, they look so different. When you're in a tree looking down, the deer looks so small. You're just, uh, my dad always used a laser on his bow, which I remember like we'd hunt close enough together in trees that I could see what he was doing. And it looked just like the predator. With the, as that laser, because you you, you you draw the bow with it aimed up high and then bring it down, and you see that laser cutting through the leaves, and then you'd see it like right on the deer following it. That that was always fun. It's fun to watch as much as it, as it is to to do it yourself. That's why hunting in pairs is so cool. That'd be a fun way to hunt wild cats. Is you just kind of point the laser pointer at the ground and move it. <laughs> and then you, wait, you wait for wild cats to arrive and then you can solve problems or you could just lead them to a trap right like you could take the laser pointer and make them walk over to the trap you could. and then you'd get the that'd be funny that would be great i think that goes against what kyle was just saying by taking the lowest possible road of <laughs> lead, leading it directly into it a trap, be a yeah, trap. It, 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 it could like a punchy what, what pit What's a uh, yeah a, a pit with a bunch of you know, sharpened bamboo and Japanese soldier feces rubbed on it? <laughs> I was gonna say you gotta put the feces on there. <laughs> Have you, you guys been following these? the DACA thing? Yes, uh, uh, you know I I know that he you know he he, he nixed it or whatever and you know, I know it's like six it, I months for so uh, me, Congress. Let me lay it out there if I can. I, I hope I get my details right. Uh, Obama signed an executive yeah, order saying they weren't going to prosecute. Uh, people who were brought here as children, right? So now they're not necessarily children anymore, but they came here as illegal aliens, but they were, you know, three years old or 15 years old. It wasn't their choice. Their parents brought them here. So while the parents are still at risk for deportation, the kids, what they call dreamers, are not. And uh, um, Trump, throughout the campaign and early in his presidency, actually had both sides of this issue. At times he was saying, we're going to deport him. I can do this on day one. At times he was saying... You know what? I have a big heart. You know, we're we're not going to go after him, etc. Ah, he he would he would ride that fence though, yeah, right? He would, he I, would. I never I never heard him say, "Oh, they're fine. Don't you know? Don't worry about a thing." I'm I will not. He never said, "I will not yeah. mess with them." It was always this thing like, "Hey, I got a big heart. You know, I love the, I love those kids. I you know yeah, maybe don't worry like, so hey, much." If I'm a dreamer, should I be scared? And he'd be like, "Hey, I have a big heart. I love those guys." Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, like yeah. to be but like, that I wasn't don't necessarily know. a no, <laughs> you know. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, and like, this but is. Let just... me keep laying it out. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, um, uh, so Trump has been. I don't know why, but like, it's been pressure on him to sort of resolve this issue now. Like, hey, where are we going to go on this? Are you going to be pro or anti-dreamer? 
and uh, or illegal young illegal alien. You can call him what you will. Um, but um, uh, he eventually came out and said this. He's like, I'm going to end it, but not very quickly. So if your like renewal process is in the works, we're going to keep going and we're going to renew it. If you have, you know, two years or less left on your thing, then you'll continue to be able to work legally here for the next two years. Even though they're an illegal alien, they're legally allowed to work here because they're dreamers under this Obama DACA thing. And, uh, and that about, oh, oh, the last part is nothing happens for the next six months. So what he's hoping is going to happen is that Congress will give him something to sign that, uh, that will make it into law as opposed to an executive order that he just undid. Mm-hmm. So I think I laid it out pretty fairly there. And I yeah. don't know what to, I don't know. The whole legal alien thing, like, 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 here's the rule. If you're born here, you get to be a citizen. It doesn't matter if pregnant mom snuck across the border with, you know, while she was in labor. If the kid's Anchor born baby. here. What's that? Anchor baby. Yeah. If the kid's born here, then the kid becomes a citizen. Mom doesn't, but the kid does. And, uh, and that's always been the rule. Now there's like a new rule. Like, hey. If the kid is, and I'm not sure about the 18 part, but let's say it, if the kid's under 18, then that kid becomes a dreamer and he'll get to work here or she'll get to work here legally. Not a citizen, but something almost as good, you know, able to live and work here legally. And uh, I don't know. I know it's good for a population to increase its population, you know, for a country to increase its population. That's why people like immigration or, you know, like politicians, people playing civilization with this planet like to increase the, the, the size of the population. They feel like it's good. There's more consumers in the country. There's more producers in the country. Makes your whole country stronger when you get more citizens. Obviously, only if you get the right ones. But, uh, you know, it's good to increase your population. I don't know. I don't know. The issue's complicated for me. It does seem cruel when a kid comes over here that I'll make it up three years old. They live here for 20 years. Now they're 23 years old. They've never known another country. They might not even speak Spanish that well. And now they're deported to Mexico. Like that kid didn't do it. Yeah. Shitty parents. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very shitty parents. Funny how it's sometimes okay to blame people for the actions of their parents and sometimes not. Yes. I blame the parents. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Isn't this that one though is really hard. no, but I'm saying I'm I definitely saying blame this, the parents like, when do... the kid's only three. <laughs> you know? Oh well, no shit. Yeah. Of course, like a three-year-old <laughs> didn't choose to come here, and I totally sure see you're what you're saying. No, no, no. I was saying that it's funny that you know the same group of people, a lot of like the far lefty people who mm-hmm. will be like, "Oh, you're you're the recipient of privilege, and your ancestor did this, that, and the other." And then we're like, "Hey, but this person's ancestor, as in their fucking parents, did something illegal," and they're like, "No, no, 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 no." Yeah, individuals, but like, either way, like it does seem a little fucked to to just kick someone out who came here when they were three, when it's like they don't they didn't decide to come here and it, I don't know, it doesn't seem fair. But at the same time, I see the argument of like, should we incentivize people coming here just to have a baby and then sneak in and, and break the law? Like, oh, I, and, and to be fair, like Obama knew when he did this, this wasn't constitutional, and it was eventually going to unravel. Yeah, like he made was, no, no, no. I think him, you're wrong on a, that. He didn't do anything unconstitutional. That that's just uh, untrue. No, but, no, no for him to for him to give amnesty like that, like sweeping amnesty, just as the president, that's you can't do that. You can't just give and amnesty. Getting, and he from Obama. Like, no because one argues that it's unconstitutional. Obama did. Doesn't create. Obama said it before. Before all right, Obama tried to get legislation passed, so we, this wouldn't be an executive order. He said, "Hey, 
I can't just sign this thing into law. I'm not a king. It, the legislation fails, and he's like, well, maybe I'll be part-time king. And then he yeah. signed it in. Like he Those were his policy. words. He I said, haven't I heard anyone say yeah. it was unconstitutional it, a, or that it was policy. beyond. I'm not necessarily suggesting I'm not it saying is. it was a law. I'm just saying that he didn't exceed his, yeah. his power. Yeah, it, it, I don't know. He basic well, he he kind of did because the the president isn't allowed to grant amnesty in that way, and so when he tried to Kyle's point, it got shot down, and he basically made it as a policy change instead, and said, well, we're not going to deal with, you know, the DACA people, the Dreamers or whatever, and he really kind of kicked that can down the road to now Trump, where he's going to have to either make a decision and say, all right, we're going to grant amnesty, or we're not going to grant amnesty to these people, which at this point. I don't know how many people DACA is covering. I, I don't know. Is, is it millions? Is it hundreds of thousands? A lot of stuff that, I guess it's semantics, really, but it's not unconstitutional. He didn't violate his power. And I he didn't shirt. kick the can down the road. He made a decision and said, we're going to do this. Trump, no, no. Trump decided to take it up and undo that decision. It wasn't like he just kicked the can down the road. He did what he thought was right and what he could with the Congress he had. It, it's... He did, you know, to, to avoid it and stick his head in the sand would be kicking the can down the road. You know, he couldn't get a law passed. That much is true. But he had, you know, a congressional, a Republican, Cong uh, yeah, but the, Senate the House. He can't just Obama couldn't doesn't have the right as the president to say, all right, we're no longer <laughs> enforcing these laws about immigration. And that's what he did through a policy. He said, well, we're we're gonna, you know, my DOJ isn't gonna do that. We're not going to do things like that. And it, and it wasn't a real like it was basically the executive branch trying to make whole cloth legislation about amnesty and allowing these people. And I don't know. Yeah, it, that, that's like, not I don't, true, how though. Many, like it was constitutional. Seems like an no, overreach of his power. It, it's he, not he, constitutional he, for the president to do that. It's not. It he can't just yeah, say no, the president. It, and he can. And the president and the Department of Justice can decide which things they prioritize. When the Department of Justice said, you know what, we're not really going to go after marijuana, that wasn't unconstitutional either. Let's, yeah, let's Google it and see if that's true. I want a t-shirt where Trump is drop-kicking a brown baby, and it says, keep dreaming, Pablo. No? Oh, my first thing. Uh, DACA isn't unconstitutional and or legal, and other lies Trump and Sessions told. Let's find a better website. I'm yeah, gonna, I see that. I don't know that progress. one. I, I'm <laughs> not familiar with courts.com. Um, let's see. what. Here's one that says what legal experts are saying. Oh, there was a Supreme Court case, and it got deadlocked, and therefore it stayed. So the Supreme Court, I guess, quote-unquote, decided on it because it was even, and they didn't overturn it. Do they... Is it? Do they call it a decision if if uh, it's locked, or do they not? Um, I don't. I don't know. It doesn't use the word decision in here. It says deadlocked, so it wasn't overturned. That's where it is. Uh... Funny stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bowled over. Okay, like it, okay, I'll okay. say it. I'll say it. I want to fight. But Taylor often approaches these topics with a tremendous amount of confidence, and uh, and I always, and I tend to approach things with like, well, you know, I don't think so. You know, I'll have to check on that. I can Google it. And I feel like I get steamrolled. You know, by by him just like, oh, the media absolutely sucked Obama's dick for eight years. And I'm like, oh, whoa, 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 I don't think so. And I, uh, I, was, I was like, you know I, what? I, I don't want to get steamrolled this time. I, okay, I I see where you're coming from in a way. I disagree in that I actually think since the election, I've done a good job 
not liking a lot of what Trump does because I genuinely don't like a lot of what he does. And so when the carrier thing happened, uh, I, I that was the first thing oh, we talked yeah, about. Yeah, he gave is, special treatment. I, I said, I don't like that. And now uh, when when he tried to push through the health care thing, I said, I don't like that. It's That's just true. not even That's repeal true. and replace. And so I, every time Trump has come up since the election, I've mentioned things that I don't like about him. And so I feel like I've done a good job of that. Whereas, to be fair, every time Trump comes up, you... You, it's very predictable for the most part. Although, wait, wait, hold on. It, I'm going to give you credit because this mm. hurricane one, you, you, you were in the middle and you said this is ridiculous. There's no reason for them to blow this up so much. So a couple, yeah, th- yeah I, a couple things in the hurricane. They damn if you do, damn if they don't. People fussies there causing like security uh, complications when they rescue. They wouldn't like it if he didn't go. Yeah, they, they, uh, Melania's shoes. Oh my gosh, find a better thing to fuss about. You know that's that's crazy. Yeah. Melania is no off limits. She didn't. She's not doing anything. Leave her alone. Uh, mm-hmm. And there were some others too. I, 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 the um, when he stopped allowing more or less Muslims, but people from Muslim countries coming in. Uh, on that one, I was also like, you know, this is a tough issue for me. Like, I, I, I can see the the um, the, the yeah. justification for it. So I, I've been really about the issues and not the man mostly, although he isn't giving me a lot to support. There is a lot to dislike about the man. Like there, there's plenty to dislike about Trump as a person. Like the way he just seems to be emotionally tethered to wherever his ego is at the moment. It's like, God, like that, he can't. He, he constantly has wonderful opportunities in front of him to do things and to look good. And he's like, No, I'm not going to do that. Somebody tweeted something mean. I'm going to retweet this 16 year old bot or like whatever the hell. Like I don't know. Like he gets he he steps on his own feet. Every other day, a lot of the crises that he deals with were created in his own White House. You know, they, they just they do something wrong. They say something wrong when the right play was pretty simple. I think anyone on this call would have got it. The uh, it before the election happened, one of my issues with against him was just kind of a moral thing. Like, hey, this guy's lying constantly. This guy, you know, he's, he's all the children, all the wives, all this, all that. Like um, the the law case lawsuits brought against him for the like evicting black people from his uh, housing apartment or housing units. And I was just like, there's a lot in here that kind of proves he's a bad guy. I don't know that he'll be a bad president because Bill Clinton was a bad guy, but I used moral morality as one of the reasons yeah. I didn't like him. And in hindsight, I'm like, oh, I think I was onto something with this one anyway. That Yeah, yeah, sure. You yeah. know, a, a lot of his plays, uh, you know. Oh, definitely. It's just and it's there, who he's going to be. But, uh, yeah, but he's, as far he's, as the DACA thing, like, I, I'm not sold either way yet. I don't know. Like, I don't I haven't read up on it enough Mm. to know, like, all the pros and the cons of keeping people here. But like one gut reaction I have is like, wait, so we just tax funded a ton of people's education and now we're going to send them back to Mexico. Like, no, we didn't. We all just bankroll this. Like, shouldn't we get like shouldn't these people be qualified members of the American economy now? Like, wouldn't that kind of. Does, or is that not resonant? I don't, no, there's I a don't certain know. logic like, with that. Like, I, I, I it hear sounds you. good, but like <laughs> if you go on an anecdotal basis, like the guy CNN had on yesterday was half Japanese and half Filipino, and they were like, and and he was a dreamer, and uh, he's like, yeah, my parents already went back to Japan because they were afraid of Trump. They were here illegally, and, uh, and and I'm afraid to go there. And they're like, well, what would you do if you stayed here? He's like, oh, I want to become an immigration attorney. And it's like, all right, well, you can go, you can go, <laughs> <laughs> you can go then. <laughs> like, oh. So- <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that's 
Yeah, it's it a then, complicated issue, and you got to feel for the kids who came here. Like they didn't pick that. And, like, and all, like if you go on the one person basis, like I don't know what my image of a dreamer is exactly, right? Like on one hand, I picture like a girl. She's Latina. She has good grades. She's going to college, and she's going to be a great member of society, right? That's that's one image of a dreamer. On the other hand, I got a guy. He has something written in tattoo, an arch that just shows through above his the neck and his t-shirt, and he's in a long. gang, and and uh, his masculinity is like the cornerstone of. His his entire sense of self worth. It just says machismo across his belly. Yeah, a brown pride <laughs> or something. Yeah, you know, and uh, and it's just like, oh yeah. Well, that guy could go. You know, he's nothing but trouble. He's just gonna go to our prison system. Um, yeah. So that I, I don't know what the dreamer is. I yeah. this I uh, th uh, what does this say? Oh, this is about potential jobs that dreamers have that could be American jobs. Who can't care about this? I'm not reading that. It took her jobs! Uh, it took her jobs! But yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the DACA thing. I don't know the right answer on the DACA thing. I don't know. I'd like to know more about these dreamers. I, I almost want to pick and choose among them. Like, oh, there's a movie now oh. called The Thinning, right? Are you guys familiar with The Thinning? I haven't no. seen The Thinning, but I haven't seen The Thinning, but this sounds hilarious. I'm if already have some in sort favor. Of a, <laughs> I want Simon Cowell to be on the board. I want to be televised. <laughs> and let's get fucking going. We'll use all the, all, all the money. To just... I don't yeah. know if it's Who Welcome to Who Wants to Be an American. Or new on yeah. DVD. But it's kind of a Hunger Games-like thing where uh, the kids get killed if they don't get good enough test scores in school. Like They, like, they thin cool. the population out and just get rid of all yeah. the underachievers. And uh, two kids, the star of our movie, get selected for thinning, and then they fight back against the man. And that's the, that's the essence of the movie. And somehow, that is my idea for DACA. <laughs> you know? uh, it, no, just make it, do it like, uh, you know, America's Got Talent, and mm. uh, second place gets to be Canadian. And, and let's, let's fucking roll it out every week, right? Like, like third, <laughs> first place, American and a scholarship. Second place, American, but we're not helping out. Third place, Canada. Uh -huh. Everybody else, home. Mexico, except last place, Ireland. Ten contestants a week. There's a talent portion, a swimsuit portion. Mm. <laughs> making a lot of Don sense. Donald Trump owns the show, of course. He's, mm -hmm. he's parlaying his money it's from the... he hasn't seen before. Absolutely. He's seen it all. seen it all. Yeah, no. He... Okay, let's put this plan in motion. I mm. like this better. This is better <laughs> than Trump's suggestion. We have tryouts. We make sure that when you're immigrating here... You're the best of the best. You're mm. the brightest. You're coming here with, with ideas, with Tesla shocks coming off your fingertips. You got inventions stuck in your mind. That's what we want. We don't want someone coming here and then, uh, what was it, Kyle? Becoming an immigration attorney so he can get his sneaky Japanese uh, illegal immigrant parents back over uh -huh. here. Uh -huh. <laughs> you called them sneaky. Because <laughs> uh, they, they, they snuck over. Because it's yeah. sneaky to, and to be an illegal immigrant. Harbor, to, we to, don't forget. Yeah. <laughs> to be an illegal immigrant is by definition very sneaky. <laughs> because you're sneaking true. about. It's Nobody what people say about Asians. Maybe you don't even know that. But that's, oh, I didn't that's even like say it about the Japanese because they yeah. snuck attack us. Mm. Oh, well, I mean... All right, yeah, that makes sense. I didn't That's know okay. that. Was I called, before the call, I called a group of people a pack. Had no idea that was racist either. Can anyone in the audience Ryan, guess, guess what, what group of people would he refer to as a pack? <laughs> I didn't mean it. A pack in my area is the wolf pack. It's, it's the NC State. Like, that's... Anyway, it, that, it, <laughs> it wasn't meant to be racist. It's, it's a group of people wearing red where I come from. <laughs> but The bluffs. 
The Bloods, no. <laughs> the Wolf Pack. <laughs> the Bloods. <laughs> uh, well, oh, so the, I guess we should probably wrap up the call because we'll talk about the hurricane on PKA. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mentioned but, it last because I, I, I use mm-hmm. that. Um, we use different sites. I liked your site very much, but I'm still stuck on Ventu Sky because when I type V, I can just press V and then enter and get there. Um, but V-E-N-T-U-S-K-Y.com has a really cool model uh, and it lets you track this thing hour by hour. And you can track it by precipitation or cloud color a uh, cover or wind speed and stuff and it's fun because every day it changes I, like mm. I, I check it maybe More every six hours yeah yeah i check every six hours i'll be like let's see what the path looks like now and it's starting to look more and more like it's going to go up the uh the eastern coast of florida it's going to hit the tip and then ride the east coast and then dump fucking inches on south and north carolina um the other day i Ch- kitty and i were talking about you woody and i was like Man, if, if if Woody gets flooded, I don't know if he can make it out. You know, he's got he's got that bum leg, like like mm. he's gonna he's gonna be floating in there. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what's gonna happen. No, he's you're gonna, gonna, gonna be a hill. You're, you're gonna be on an island if it floods. Yeah, where it's just oh, your oh, estate. Two yeah. things: one, like, like like Taylor mentioned, we live on top of a hill. We're totally not getting flooded. Two, I swim an hour a day. I swam an hour and twenty minutes today. It is my PT that I'm up to. I'm on it. I I, I couldn't be working any harder to heal. Awesome. And uh, that's good. Yeah, I, I tomorrow well uh, formal PT starts tomorrow, so I'll know more about how hard I can push it. Maybe. Do you know who you're going to be working with? Not the I know that it's my orthopedic surgeons like they his like practice has a PT associated with it, yeah. but I don't know the person. I'll meet Yeah, I, I assume from what I've seen in the movies that you're like it's kind of like a personal trainer and like this is I feel like it's important to have like someone you're good at working with because like yeah. if I was I wouldn't want a woman, and it has. It, it's not sexism. It's just like I don't want there to be any like, I don't know, man, woman things going on. I need a dude there to be like, yeah, man, like, like you got to do this. Like, like I've had, I've had other guys coming here, and they, and afterwards they did this, and you're, you're gonna get back in the game, and you're gonna like. I feel like I need a man boosting me up That's... rather than a woman perhaps distracting me in some way, or like maybe I don't take something she says as as seriously because like she's not a man and she has no experience at being a man. Like, like, I feel like it matters when we're doing medical PT. The last time I did it, at this place for my ACL surgery, it was two dudes. So, like, like we're always in, like, a V formation, you know? Like, I'm on one leg, like, doing squats, mm-hmm. and then there's two guys, like, get your butt lower, chin up, you know? Like, just, like, giving you commands the whole time. Yeah. That's um, what I want. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we'll see what I get tomorrow. If I don't like it, that's I'll, great. You're swimming, but like, I'll get a new that, one right away. I didn't know that you were doing that much activity. That's probably the best possible thing. I mean, I to actually go to the doctor. Don't take this advice. <laughs> just like, off the top of my head, I'm like, oh, I mean, swimming. That's like healthy. You know, it's like so he probably me- makes you way less frustrated by the fact that you are totally basically oh. homebound. Like, right. Like you can just anytime be like, oh. I got a lot of energy. I'm getting in a bad mood from it. I'm going to burn it out. Yesterday, I literally brought over a friend to just like be the guy that I can't be. You know, we had to buy, we we carry we buy fuel like sixty gallons at a time, thirty diesel, thirty gas, and uh, but I can't wheel those damn canisters around on crutches. I can hardly hook up a trailer, and mm-hmm. uh, and we did that. I had two giant like six foot wide zero turn mowers that were down, so we took them off to the shop to get fixed, and and he was just like my partner in doing things all day long. Uh, it was super helpful. But uh, so yeah, it's frustrating to, to to suck at being me. But I'm in the pool doing barely any strength stuff because uh, I'm not really. Maybe tomorrow I'll get cleared for it. But like the thing that I can't do is stand on my foot and then like go to my toe. That sort of thing. Like he made it very clear. 
don't do that. <laughs> and yeah. uh, so I haven't. But like, you know, flexibility, circulation, stuff like that that I can do in the pool. I even do do what he said not to, but I only weigh like five pounds because I'm neck deep in the pool. And uh, so I do that. But anyway, so I'm working crazy hard at it. My weight has not risen, but it hasn't dropped. I was 197 this morning. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. I, I just kind of rationalize it. I'm like, all right, if you're going to have a setback and the only back you go is staying still for six weeks, it could be worse. So Yeah, if you stay paused at your current weight until it's over and don't gain anything, I would consider that a win, considering your, your injury. Yeah, so I'm eating clean. I just do less, and that's yeah. where I am. I'm down to like 122, 25. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's pretty fucking low. Uh, like, it's like hundred flat Stanley over there. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, less than a, it's less than 160, I think. I'm going to get Taco on Taco Bell, my friend. Taylor, oh, I'm eating so much now. Yeah. Taylor sent me over some some documentation. I'm starting on his cycle. Uh, mm. I think I think that's going to help help get things boosted, get things fired up. So, uh, uh but, but yeah, huh? I, yeah, I've been eating yeah. so much beef. I got, um, I had forgotten, but I had this thing, uh, from Omaha steaks. Um, there's like a giant thing of frozen burgers and I'm eating like two at a time, like a couple times a day. So I'm eating mm. so many fucking hamburgers. They're so delicious. So what are so you delicious. To hear like you work on your weight gain is like hearing a person with too much money. Like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, I've been going to strip clubs, renting private jets. It's really a workload for me. I feel the exact same, Kyle, you said 165? No, here. no, 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 like 160, said, maybe less. Like, 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 I haven't weighed myself in a couple days, but last time I weighed, let me go, let me go check. I want to know exactly. I'll be back in 30 seconds. I, uh, but I totally get what you mean, Woody, about when people bitch about not being able to gain weight. Like, <laughs> like when I go on fitness reddits or, or like progress picks or whatever for motivation, and I see someone who's like, yeah, I weigh 141 right now and i'm six feet tall really trying to put on like 30 pounds like i don't have even a millionth of <laughs> of the empathy for them as i do for someone who's like i'm 100 pounds overweight and i'm really trying to cut down because like for me i just i have never had an experience that would allow me to empathize with someone trying to gain weight every time i gain weight it's always like oh no what have you like? I know when I'm gaining weight because it'll be like, how many how many cheese its and salty snacks have you had? Oh, every night this week. You think you want to <laughs> hop on that? You want to hop on the scale? No, of course you don't. Why not? Because you know you're getting fat. Like, Dude, I, I, so my list of empathy goes like this: the person I feel the most for is the one who's like, they were 200 pounds overweight and now they're like 70 pounds overweight. Go you. Like I, yeah. I, I'm I'm most on your side. The one who wants to gain, the one you have no empathy for, is my second place. The one I have no empathy for is the one who's like 300 pounds and still 300 pounds and continues to be 300 pounds. Says they're trying, but is clearly lying to you. And because uh, like I've gained, every everyone here has gained weight at one point. You know how you did it. Like, you were there yeah. for all of it. The, the lies you tell me about how you skip breakfast and all you have for lunch is some lean chicken and for dinner just a salad. Horseshit. Horseshit. Lies. You didn't get fat on that. You didn't. Yeah, we all know you didn't, you pancake-loving motherfucker. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, you see that on, uh, on really, really, like, fat people who are body positive, which is just mm. code word for lazy. Um <laughs> Or, you know, like real body positivity should be like, I was born with one arm. I need to learn to love myself anyway because there's nothing I can do about this. Or, oh, I was born a, a dwarf. 
So I, I got to love myself anyway and tr- try not to beat myself up all the time. But yeah, don't be if so you're grumpy. just, yeah, don't be so, <laughs> so grumpy. <laughs> I'd work out more if I wasn't so Don't be so, so sleepy. sleepy. But congratulations yeah. to you. If you, could be more of a, if you could be more of a happy or a doc, <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, really like that. You, you gr- you're being a real grumpy today. Like, like next lawsuit inbound. <laughs> Kyle, what like, do you weigh? Oh, oh, 160, yeah, 160 with my t-shirt and underwear. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Are you in your underwear right now? So unfair. No, I but but I stripped real quick. Okay. Yeah. Now when I when I weigh in, I uh, I will go full nude all the way. All I wear is this stupid compression sock. Like Daniel Cormier, <laughs> you're like pressing on the towel a little bit too. <laughs> yeah. I uh, and Kyle, sometimes got, I'll. Oh, did you want to say uh, something? Uh, you can eat a hundred and forty thousand calories over your maintenance. <laughs> before you reach my weight, a hundred and forty thousand. It's can nice. you imagine how many Cheez-Its and treats and snacks and and fun I, things you can fit I, in there? So many. Can't imagine it, but I could calculate it. It's a whole <laughs> fucking bunch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a it's like a hundred boxes of Cheez-Its that I could eat right now and and just More just fine. Thousand calories in a box, fourteen hundred in a box. Uh, I haven't done it that math in a while. I've been matter. very good. I haven't bought Cheez-Its in. Probably five months. Yeah, I, I I've been eating uh, Oreos and uh, Chips Ahoy uh, cookies, and like I'll, I'll just get in bed, and like they're split into three sections. The like the whole thing is like in in the box. There's three like rows of them, and I'll eat an entire row with like a, a mug of milk, like in just just one sitting. Uh, I do that almost every day. Oh man, that sounds good. Milk it's so well, good. you'll. I'll- I'll see you at 170 soon, or you'll be at 170 soon. I'll never see 170 again. Not a lot, but I have had a glass of milk here and there, mostly because I, mm-hmm. I broke my bones, and it's supposed to be a thing. It's part of yeah, the bro science I'm following. Yeah, and after you told milk. me, the, after you told me they added sugar to uh, any milk that's not whole milk, I'm like, right. well, it's whole milk forever now because it tastes the best. I yeah, agree. it's definitely the best. And apparently, your body doesn't convert fat into fat as easily or readily as it converts sugar into fat. There you so go. Yeah, whole milk. Yeah. Maybe buttermilk is the way to go, really. Or whipping cream. All right, just, keep it under control. Or, or some just heavy whipping cream on my maybe cereal. Maybe cool whip. whipping cream. <laughs> <laughs> God damn, that's good. Yeah, I, would, I would judge anyone harshly who eats cereal with whipping cream. <laughs> that's where I put my, what is that? Where ready whip, right? Where you just tip yeah, the well, well, No, like I'm talking about like that. It's it's called heavy whipping cream. It's it's a it's a little thing of cream. But you know, it's the kind of I just you know, went you next level it with it. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I love it's ready like whip. Like baking and shit. Uh, yeah, dude, totally I had is. stoner friends in high school who worked at a grocery store purely for its access to ready whip and they would do Oh, they did the nitrous. Yeah, the nitrous oxide they get high on it in the back room. <laughs> yeah, Howard Stern did an embedded thing where they sent someone to a fish concert, and uh, and I guess like I, I I'd never known about whippets, but 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 there was a guy walking around with a tank, like like a mm-hmm. scuba tank of nitrous oxide, and a sign that says like five dollars a hit, yep. and he's just filling balloons up and handing them to people for five dollars a piece. And I've after done that. the show, after the show, the, the ground is littered. With, with with balloons, thousands and thousands of balloons, and it's like, oh my god, did that guy just turn like thirty dollars worth of nitrous into ten thousand dollars? Dude, so I met a I met a Steve Miller concert, and uh, the opener was Eric Johnson, the Cliffs of Dover guy, and and there's a guy selling whippets. Now I don't do drugs, mostly I I guess based on this story, but I'm like nitrous oxide, 
the same stuff the dentist gives you? <laughs> that makes it not a drug. <laughs> you know, like, this clearly, guy looks like a dentist. <laughs> clearly. Wow. Yeah. I mean, like the, the dentist has administered it and I seem to be fine. So, uh, so yeah, I did Whippets at a Steve Miller concert once. Yeah. It's, I've it's, never it's, tried Whippets. I walked into my kitchen once during like maybe like a freshman in college party over one of those breaks where you're back with friends. And it, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't know these people, but I, it was at my house and I walked back into the kitchen to grab something. And these two guys were standing next to my open fridge, like both like angled towards <laughs> the inside. And I was just like, Hey, help you with something. And they turned around and this dude had, had ready whip on his upper lip. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, are you guys like, are you guys doing whippets out of my mom's, out of my mom's refrigerator with her ready whip or whipped cream or whatever it was. And they were like, yeah, I was like, just please stop. Like, just go back outside. And I went over and I, I went over and grabbed the ready whip thing just to feel it. Have you ever felt a container? that it has no nitrous oxide in it anymore and all of the ready whip in it, you, you just have to throw it away because you can't get anything out of it. So I was like, holy shit, like these guys, what assholes? Like who would do yeah. that in someone else's house? I don't know what it... Like, it gets worse when you do it at the grocery store and sell them. Yeah. <laughs> ah, that guy at Publix gives you such a hard time. That's, That's one step above huffing computer duster. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's... that's Is that a thing? Dude. Oh, yeah. That's a thing for retarded people. That shit. All right. So they put an additive in there that makes it. First of all, never done it because that's insane. I remember watching a cops one time where this guy was huffing paint and he was all homeless and ruined. And they were like, they were like, the cops were like, what happened, buddy? Because he's real beat up. He's like, some kids threw me off a bridge. And he's like, they're like, what? Yeah, I was passed out, and some kids came along and threw me off the bridge over there. And they're like, fuck. And I was like, this is the life of someone who huffs paint. Never huff paint. Mm. So. Yep. But so I've but I've used that duster that that spray uh, yeah. canned air to like dust off all uh, my electronics and stuff like my TV and stuff. I'm just blowing all the dust off and stuff, and the the air gets saturated with this stuff, and you start tasting it, and it's like the bitter part of a pecan. It's so bitter and awful tasting, and, they, and I learned that they put that in there to keep people from huffing it, and I'm it's it's it lingered in my mouth the hmm. same way that the one time ever that I accidentally sprayed deodorant in my mouth and it, it's, it's that same kind of oh, it's, it's on my tongue and it won't come <laughs> off now it's just it's wow. terrible what an effective thing. antiperspirant <laughs> yeah <laughs> i can't even salivate i can't Love use a spray deodorant doesn't stand a chance for a man but they for a woman god damn <laughs> <laughs> i can't no, use the clear kind it has to be that it has to be come from a white powder stick and almost all of those work fine Totally if, agree with you. If yeah. it's like a clear roll-on, like liquidy type thing, it, yeah. gel kinda... stuff and sprays don't work at all for me I, at least. Uh, yeah. yeah, I use um, a, a white one too. I, for, but but you know, I accidentally purchased the gel, and it's like, well, I'm gonna go through this whole. I'm just gonna throw it away. Like like it's three dollars. But but you know, for like months, I'm using it. It's like ah, oh, my, I gotta like tap it with a towel. Yeah. Like, like 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 after I put it on, it's like there's two steps to putting this deodorant on. I had that same cheap problem. experience, except that I would base it on the day. Like, all right, well today's just an office day at Cisco. Clear gel, it is. Oh, we're yeah. gonna be outside working. Break out the Hell, white this'll, powder. If shit. I get a little, if I get a little bo at Cisco, this will do nothing but endear me to my coworkers. <laughs> oh, what a wonderful now, Mister Woodward. <laughs> <laughs> Sneaking up the break room. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, we should probably wrap. Yeah. All right. Uh, PKN episode 159.